0: Today's program is brought to you by Whole Foods Market, a dynamic leader in the quality food business, a mission-driven company that aims to set the standards of excellence for food retailers. For more information, visit WholeFoodsMarket.com. I'm Michael Meko from Food Talk. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit HeritageRadioNetwork.org for thousands more.
1: Radio I'm your host, Michael Harlan Turkel, here today with Mindy Siegel of Hot Chocolate from Chicago, but more importantly, brought us all her cookie love.
2: Cookie love.
1: I'd like to note again, the, the theme music at the top of uh, you know my show is actually by Cookies, the band, so <laughs> it couldn't be more appropriate that you're here. Yeah, it
2: would either be that or Hot Chocolate, Hot Our band Hot Chocolate. We'll,
1: we'll see what we can do next. I bet you there's a band named Hot Chocolate. No, there, we'll, there is. Oh, yeah? Uh-huh. It's funky. I can feel like it's I, I would feel like sing funky. the
2: song, but I'd be embarrassed. It's not... The band is not hot Chocolate, but They do have... Or, or, I don't know. It's something. Yeah. You know, I believe in miracles. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah. Totally. Thing. Yeah. We could auto you if you need. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you so much. This this book that... It was really hard to read for this reason, because I wanted every single thing in there. the The images, the recipes, everything, even the storylines behind it, not only makes me so nostalgic for cookies, but makes me currently and contemporarily excited about the state of cookies.
2: State of cookies. <laughs> the
1: state of cookies. I'm
2: bringing them back
1: as you should.
2: I'm trying to say I think like cookies are the new cupcakes.
1: Let's right? just say cookies are cookies and cookies they'll are be cookies, here forever. Man. They're like the
2: best. And you know, your,
1: your childhood, it wasn't about gourmet cookies. It was about those Nabisco's. It was about Nilla wafers. It was about waffle cookies. What, what were your go-tos? Uh, what were your pantries well,
2: like? I'll tell you. First of all, Chips Ahoy, the best dunked in milk. And they're so good. And then the milk is so good. So you know, I guess that's, you know, Christina Tozzi, why she came up with cereal milk. But it's the same thing. It's like cookie milk. It's a new thing. Um, I loved, you know what? I cannot think of the name of the cookies. Maybe you can think of them, but there are those cookies that were like, they were like little cakes and then they had marshmallows in them. Were they like Malamars? Mal- yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I know
1: Malamars. I
2: loved those. I used to give those to Santa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He ate them. He loved them. Yeah. I don't know what that was. Windmill cookies. I
1: don't know windmill cookies.
2: No? No. Oh God, they're so good. They're like these, they're very, very crispy, almost like shortbread ginger cookies and then they have sliced almonds in them and then they're glazed i don't know what that's all about but they're so good
1: see i, I remember some of the crappier ones like <laughs> dunkaroos which i wouldn't yeah. even call cookies
2: okay you and i are not from the same state. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no idea what Dunkaroos. yeah
1: are. well i think there's a midwestern tradition of cookie making and baking and it, it's passed down through generations that i i don't believe was in the same vein on on the coast and um what were those familiar That's recipes you guys are
2: eating granola
1: <laughs> new york's <laughs> not a granola kind of country i'm talking I mean, <laughs> about
2: california that coast <laughs> we uh yeah
1: we we had things like keebler elves and dunker oh no uh, we had, uh, we had yeah. keebler elves and uh yeah, magic like, like middles
2: fudge stripes yeah fudge stripes are good yeah right
1: so you keep these all logged in the back yeah. of did your you memory did you have pepper's farm oh absolutely yeah
2: see i'm i'm a pepper's farm girl And that's why I have Milano cookies in my um, in my book. And, you know, when we were when I've been making Milano cookies forever. And when I was doing the recipe for the book, I'm going to tell you I'm going to tell you a secret. Okay, you can't tell anybody. No, no, because no one's listening. You know, we're discussing the table of contents and I'm like, we definitely have to have Milano's. Definitely. And I'm talking to my food writer, Kate, and we're talking and she's like, yeah, totally for sure. We're going to do them. I'm like, I've been making them for years. Just want to I'm letting you know this before I tell you the other thing. And then all of a sudden, Food 52 did a blog about Milano's. And I was like, oh, no, what am I going to do? They did it. But I was like, I don't care. I'm going to do my own way. So I do it my own way, and I whip hot fudge, and that's my frosting in the middle. They're so good. And I was talking about them once somewhere. Some, somehow, the woman from Pepperidge Farm that does the marketing found out that I was made them in my book, and she sent me a case of milk chocolate Milano's. So
1: dangerous. Yeah, I, so wonderfully I mean, dangerous. it's
2: like you can't not eat a bag of Pepperidge Farm cookies. Yeah, you, I, I mean, it's that's not fair.
1: So when you were younger and you ate all these things, did you try to amp it up then Were you like this Milano's good, but it needs this yes. or yeah. What yeah. would you do?
2: Well, I'll tell you by mistake. I did it because I am, and I openly talk about this, so it's okay. You don't have to feel sorry for me. I'm dyslexic. So I, and I was, and not only am I dyslexic, I was one of those winners when I was growing up, I'm dyslexic and I was grounded all the time. So my mom was like, well, you can cook, even though you're grounded, you can be in the kitchen. It's the only other room you can go in. And, um, when I was, when I was 13, my mom bought me a professional series kitchen aid, and I started making cookies, but I couldn't understand the recipes. So I was like, fuck it. I'm just going to make it my own recipe. And I somehow had this knack of figuring out how to make something through. I looked at the picture and I, I could see what I needed to do. And I think a lot of it is by way of uh, uh, Julia Child and um, the frugal gourmet. I don't know if he was out here, but um, I, I, I really taught myself.
1: I think a little bit of it came from, you know, your father and and, and jazz, you
2: know, no, yeah, right?
1: improvisation, you yeah. know, you have such structure, but at the same time you have offbeat. Talk to me right. about how music played a part in your life.
2: Well, very interesting. Um, my father was a professional jazz musician. He played the upright bass and the piano and he sang and he was actually he was an actor, as well. And he, he lived in California. He grew up in um, Hollywood. And um, he was able to come back to Chicago and go to Northwestern Theater. The theater program at Northwestern was actually a phenomenal program. So he played in a jazz band all over Chicago. And um, so my whole f- my brother plays the piano. And um, my entire childhood was going to hear jazz musicians. I met Count Basie. When I was a little girl, I mean, it's pretty cool. That's awesome. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I mean, I've seen Mambo Santa Maria. I've seen my very much into Latin jazz, and I think that the reason why I love Latin jazz so much is because Latin jazz has no has structure, yet goes off on tangents and almost like trance-like. And um, I also worked for Charlie Trotter, so Charlie Trotter is a huge Miles Davis fan, and um, I think he talks a lot about. Um, jazz and improvisa- improvisation in food, and and in dining, and the whole experience. And um, you know, I just I think that's where I got it from.
1: I know you listen to Tito Puente. You know, yeah. covering Afro, Af- Afro. I've seen Blue. him. Yeah, I've seen him. It's it's the the excitement. The the I want to get out of the seat and dance feeling. It's so similar to how I feel about cookies.
2: I, I have to tell you. Not to talk, not to not talk about cookies, but my parents in the '60s were friends with these um, this, these two Latin this Latin couple, and they taught my parents how to um, Latin dance. And so my parents, when they were younger, they used to go to Latin um, like dance parties. And I don't know if you know anything about Latin, Latin dance parties, but they're wild. So I have these pictures of my parents like dancing, like and like doing the cha cha and the merengue and. Um, you know, I just, it's in my blood. So, you know, I, this is what I did when I was little. So I think that, I don't know how I found through music, through baking. I don't know, but there is a correlation.
1: Yeah. I mean, you went to college, uh, to University of Wisconsin, but it wasn't for Semester and a half.
2: (laughs) Semester and a half. I
1: did that with multiple colleges. (laughs) Eventually found food in some way, but you always wanted to
2: cook. Cook. And
1: you went to Kendall. uh,
2: Went to Kendall. I was an awful student. And um, so I went to junior college my first year out of uh, high school. And I just happened to go to Kendall College. And it was the first year that they had the culinary school. And I was like, I'm going to go to school. And then I'm going to go to culinary school. And one day, I was walking to one of my classes in Madison. And I saw the bus and it said Chicago. And I was like, I don't even know what happened, but I got on the bus and I went home and I, I, I was at home and my parents came home from work and they're like, what are you doing? And I said, you know, I'll tell you what I'm doing. I'm going to culinary school. And they were like, okay, they were cool. They were really cool about it.
1: I know there are hot dogs and Italian beef sandwiches and Jardiniere. I mean, what, what are Chicago's benchmark foods?
2: Hot dogs, pizza.
1: Well, we, we can debate this whole pizza and <laughs> keep thing.
2: I know. Um, you know, I, I, I think steak, steak joints, really big on steak. Um, barbecue, believe it or not, south side of Chicago, west side of Chicago, great barbecue.
1: I mean, you had wonderful chefs. And I'll
2: tell you what else we have. Yep. Sorry, you just made me think of it. We have wonderful, wonderful ethnic food. Because Chicago is, I don't know, have you ever been to Chicago?
1: I have. Don't ask me if I remembered it.
2: Okay, fine. Okay, <laughs> that's cool. It's fine. Um, we, we have... Our, Chicago is, like, comprised of, of little neighborhoods, and each neighborhood is very ethnic. So we have phenomenal Mexican food, phenomenal Thai I mean, really, some of the best Thai food. We've got great Polish food. Phenomenal. And we have great soul food. So we have all these different things Chinese food. I mean, obviously every every city has great Chinese food, but um you know, so we really have our our ethnic food is really where it's at. Unfortunately, we do not have good delis, which is the only only thing that we're missing.
1: And did you have good dessert bars?
2: We well, not until hot chocolate <laughs> often. <laughs>
1: I mean, you had Duh. you had great chefs in New York like Rick Bayless, uh um, no, Chef no, Chicago. Chicago, sorry. Yeah. Uh, um obviously Charlie Trotter. Yeah. Uh Alinea Open Grant Ackett so there was a Paul lot. Kahn Paul Kahn is yeah. wonderful and so you had these very talented people yeah I'm
2: just yeah we've got no keep good, keep them yeah, coming no, no, there's some really good Chicago because shots.
1: Chicago sometimes gets lost in the greater scope of the American culinary world but there's such a foundation there and such a wonderful city of people How did you navigate through different restaurants and different chefs to find yourself at Hot Chocolate today?
2: Well, uh, two, there's three instrumental, well, four, I'm going to keep going. But um, let's talk about Charlie Trotter for a second, because I think it's really important to um, recognize him and um, notice or take note of what a wonderful chef he was and how iconic of a man he was. And I was lucky enough to work for him. And it's not so much the food that makes him iconic, it's his mentality, and the way that he sort of um, puts something in your mindset, and that's excellence, and the pursuit of excellence. And I I have to tell you, I, I, I take that with me wherever I go. And I try really hard to teach that to my staff, that the pursuit of excellence and this is the truth. There are very few people that are excellent at the craft. And there's a lot of really good people. And it's your choice to make the decision about what you want to be in your career. And I think he teaches you that. And it's like you're either in or you're not. And if you're in, you're a lifer. And I really, I, it, it, he was wonderful. I, I adored that man. Really respect him. But I was very lucky. To work with a man, um, his name is Michael Cornick, and he owns a restaurant called MK right now. And um, Michael is a phenomenal chef, but he's a phenomenal restaurateur. And what makes him so great is that he teaches his chefs how to run a business. And so many people out there are great chefs, but none of us know how to run a business. And he teaches you the big picture, and there's a big picture in this industry and it's really hard to get that when you um are just thinking that you're supposed to be creative because it's not just about being creative that's one part of it so um he was great and then I had a great pastry chef who taught me and and that i well two i'll say one, one was Judy cantino who unfortunately not a lot of people know who she is, but she owns a bakery in um chicago called bittersweet and she's fantastic and she taught me the discipline of pastry and how important it is to be thinking about whatever it is you're thinking about i mean i you know i can go on forever about her she's really great but um you know sherry yard i I worked with her for a very short period of time and not on the level of student and mentor but um she's man i love that woman I don't know if you know her, but she's she is, I'm telling you, she is the mother of pastry. She's really talented, and she's very um, kind-hearted, and um, I learned a lot from her.
1: As I feel like all good pastry chefs, or cookie chefs should be, you know, <laughs> there's this old-school idea of French Pastry guys in the kitchen, you know, screaming, yeah, finger, finger wagging, you know, it it just being this atmosphere that doesn't really resemble the the product that they put out, right? Which is so light and airy and fluffy and delicious (laughs) and sweet and you know, (laughs) it's funny that those things don't, you know, they don't. Yeah, I know. So 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 much contrast. But I want to go back to uh, Judy for a second because you said you learned, uh, you know foundation techniques Patashu, pie doughs, cakes, custards, but you're hot fudge.
2: Hot fudge is hers.
1: Tell me about yeah. what makes hers and I, I, now you're so it, special. I mean,
2: it's just, you know, in your life, in your career as a chef, you accumulate a repertoire and your repertoire becomes like your book or your standards and you go on and you teach them to somebody else and then they teach them to somebody else and sometimes you come across a recipe that someone teaches you and it's like i i I can't make this better i can't i can't make it better um, and a couple of things I learned from her, one was caramel sauce. It's her, it's her caramel sauce. She taught me how to make caramel sauce and it's her hot fudge. And what makes it so good is the, it's, it's the way you cook it, how long you cook it and the level of salt that's in it.
1: I mean, it's simple things. It's simple variables, but it's that, that method. I,
2: I will tell you that, and I know you'll agree with me because you like to eat, you know, I love it when people say I don't like dessert. And I always say the reason why you don't like dessert is because you haven't had a good dessert. And the reason why you haven't had a good dessert is because people, it, what separates men from boys is, or women from little girls, is the the understanding and the nuances of balance. Balance. Balance is very important. So you have to be able to know how to use salt when you bake and vanilla and, you know, like... Flavor, flavoring secret agents and I'm not talking about um, chemicals I'm talking about lemon and citrus and alcohol and things that bring flavors and balance out of the thing that you're making and that's the most important thing
1: dessert balance. is no longer that big flavor bomb that sweet thing that shuts you down puts you in diabetic shock anymore right
2: well unfortunately what I'm just going to say one thing unfortunately <laughs> today people think that savory is like a really great part of pastry and like i i think that confusing people's p- taste buds for me is um it it's it's the wrong thing to do because if i had spaghetti for dinner i don't want spaghetti for dessert <laughs> you know what i mean if i have tomato in my in my dinner i want to have sp- like fruit or something. And the interesting thing about progressions, and this is one thing that I learned from Charlie, which is so important, is that progressions are progressions for a reason. We do them for a reason. Not because. We do them so that our stomach and our palate and our mind and our senses can understand what we're eating when we're eating what we're eating.
1: But there's always time for a chocolate chip cookie. And Always. We're going to take a quick break and talk about the criteria for the perfect chocolate chip cookie with Mindy Siegel. You've been listening to The Food Scene on org. We'll be right back. Today's program has been brought to you by Whole Foods Market. Are you a locavore? Our Northeast Regional Forager for Whole Foods Market sure is. She spends her time traveling around the New York City metro area sourcing the best new or interesting artisanal and handcrafted local products for our purchasing teams at the local store level. Part of our commitment to our local suppliers includes assisting them with the process of getting their products sold at our stores. Whether it's suggesting packaging designs, pricing, or distribution methods, she's helping some of the area's best new products reach savvy shoppers at Whole Foods Market Stores. Today, New York. Tomorrow, the world. For more information, visit WholeFoodsMarket.com. And welcome back to the food scene on org. I'm your host, Michael harlan Terkel here again with Mindy Siegel of Hot Chocolate in Chicago. And, you know, we, we've been giving you a lot of cookie love, which is the name of this wonderful book that I'm holding as well, but... The chocolate chip cookie is the meter of a good pastry chef. You have to be able to nail that. Otherwise, all the rest of the stuff is, is for naught. If you can't make a good chocolate chip cookie, who are you in this world? So what is the criteria for... You deserve
2: for... <laughs> to go on that planet called, I can't make a chocolate chip cookie no, exactly. planet. Yeah. And
1: you have to just eat gruel and <laughs> terrible, you know, stale butter cookies. Uh-huh. Totally. What is the criteria for a perfect chocolate chip cookie?
2: You know, I I think everybody has their own idea, but I'll tell you what I think. What I think is a, a great chocolate chip cookie, and you know, it, it, it's funny because what I'm about to say negates Famous Amos chocolate chip cookies. And I think that Famous Amos chocolate chip cookies are pretty good, but they're really crispy and they're like you know like they're they have no te- they're just they're like just crispy. They're not chewy. But I love a chocolate chip cookie that has. The right, it's like that proportion, and the choc. It's like first of all, the chocolate's really important. You've got to use good chocolate. I I don't like chocolate chips, like with that you buy in a store. It's got to be like pistoles or calais. Um, of chocolate of like actually really good chocolate. So there's or, like a whole
1: lexicon of chocolate that yeah. most people don't bake with. Yeah.
2: And if you want me to talk about chocolate, that's going to be a whole other radio <laughs> show. So you can invite me back for that. Absolutely. Okay. So, um, you know, I personally like sour milks. I don't know if you know what sour milks are, but they're in that like 50, 40, high 40 percentage and they're milky, but they're slightly sour and then they're slightly bitter. Um, and I, I, That's what I like because I'm actually like this milk chocolate butterscotch caramel malt kind of girl. Smoked almond, it's ports. Those that those are my flavors. Although I I like citrus too, so that totally. I'm just trying to tell you what I really like. But anyway, so I you know I the salt. Salt is a very big factor in chocolate chip cookies. The brown sugar ratio to granulated sugar is extremely important. I love it when a chocolate chip cookie has like a crispy, a crispy um, outside, but it's kind of soft on the inside and the chocolate is like still melted. That's why it's really important that you use regular chocolate. And, the you know, it's like it, 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 it's the art of baking cookies What happens is that you scoop your cookie, you drop the cookie, it's like a drop cookie, you get it in the oven, and it rises. And it rises, but it's still raw in the center, and then it falls. And so you have to get it toward totally at the right time that it falls and crinkles, and then it's good. And I actually like a chocolate chip cookie that's not perfect. So I don't want it to be perfectly round, I actually want it to be misshaped. I, I, sometimes I like it and I bake them when they're on just a plain sheet pan with no, if you bake it on a sheet pan that doesn't have parchment paper, sometimes the outer sides will like brown a little bit. And I actually like that too sometimes. So it just, I mean, it kind of just depends.
1: You get such character in every, every, in every bite, every crunch. Right.
2: And I also like it when you, there's like that essence of vanilla extract, you know what I'm talking about, or sometimes like I like it when there's whiskey in there, or I like it when there's like a little bacon in there. You know, I mean, because I, I make bacon chocolate chip cookies too, so I, you know, it it, it really just depends. I, you know, it's hard to uh, it's hard to come up. I, I I don't like ones I don't like cookies that are mounded that bake-mounted, because then there's something actually wrong with the cookie <laughs> dough.
1: Well, we're talking about the drop cookies, but you also have bars, sandwich cookies, shortbreads, thumbprints, spritzes, twice-baked. I mean, you, you, you cover the large world of, of what cookies can represent. But again, with these little improvisations, these riffs on traditional ideas, hot chocolate itself, uh, what is its slogan? Modern twists on traditional classics. Oh, the book? Well well the, the restaurant in general. Oh, yeah. Your,
2: your... yeah, that's that's my style. I I really I mean honestly, I I really like to take the ordinary and make it extraordinary. I don't try to fool people with food. So if I'm cooking you macaroni and cheese, I want you to think it's great macaroni and cheese. If you're getting a burger at my restaurant, I want um I want it to be a great burger. So if I'm making panna cotta, I want it to be great panna cotta And very simple i don't like do avocado panna cotta. i don't do you know like chocolate panna cotta. it's panna cotta with fresh cream and great vanilla and that's what you taste with fruit if i'm making creme brulee it's creme brulee beautiful creme brulee silky silky custard little you know like a like a little layer of caramelization and the ratios right and it's the same thing with cookies if i'm making you you know if you're getting sandwich cookies to me i think sandwich cookies are like a dessert they're like they're like the perfect dessert in a cookie so it could be banana cream pie so it's vanilla wafers with you know banana filling and butterscotch and you know if it's um you know like a well i call them black sabbath Oreos but um you know then there it's like a mint pie or like a frango mint frango mint was really popular in Chicago with um, with Marshall Fields that was like one of the candies that they sold um I want to get you excited. I want to get you, like, back in your childhood. I want to get you back with your grandmother picking rhubarb, you know? I want to get you going.
1: But I think you also like that angsty teen, because let's go back to that Black Sabbath. Yeah. I mean, it, it's not just... I have a
2: tablespoon of... Uh, I, have a st- I have a tablespoon of metal left in me. Yeah. That's what I... <laughs> Yeah, cuz I'm I'm actually really square now.
1: Yeah. But you still have uh what are they best friend cookies? There's a little motorcycle riding, you yeah. know, badass in you yeah. from there too. What what was I used that to ride cookie a about?
2: Yeah. Um the best friend cookie is um it it's just it's a it's just fun. I, I cuz I love malt and coffee um together and it's a memory that I have. I used to ride a motorcycle and in Milwaukee there's this cafe called um it's called um What's it called? Why am I... I'm, I'm having a brain fart. Fuel. Thank you. I love you.
1: Read the book. Um, come yeah. to <laughs> okay.
2: Okay. Yeah. Fuel Cafe. And um, I would ride up there with my boyfriend at the time. And we would go get coffee. And they had a coffee with malt. With malt powder. And I loved it.
1: Coffee with malt powder. Yeah.
2: It, well, it was an espresso with malt and milk. You yeah. Know? It's, and, but I used to have a coffee. And I love Like an Olay, almost. And I loved it. And so I've always remembered that. So um, I made this really... That was a really fun recipe to work on. It took me a really long time to get it right. And it really, like... I couldn't get it right because of the malt in it. And I couldn't get it to where it was working because I wanted them to be mounded. And I just remember when I was working on this recipe, I, like, got... I was like, "I, I need to take a break. And I got in my car and I started driving. And all of a sudden, Eureka, it came to me about how to make it, which was really cool. And I think sometimes, you know... You got to step away from things to think about things.
1: I like that your eureka moment for oatmeal cookies is that you can't make oatmeal raisin
2: cookies. (laughs) Well, I'll tell you why. Okay. Raisins get dry and they get hard and they're really hard. So I was like, fuck it. I'm just not going to make them. I'll just make, I'll make oatmeal scotchies.
1: And what's a scotchy?
2: A scotchy is with butterscotch chips. So it's an oatmeal cookie with with butterscotch chips. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. And those are so awesome. Those are, that's a, one of my favorite recipes. And it's a cute story because it's my, my bar manager, I had a bar manager. He was for seven years. He like opened the restaurant with me and he has, he told me that he, he wanted me to make him cookies one day. And he was like, will you make me oatmeal scotchies? Cause they'll remind me of home. And I'm like, sure. And so I made him these oatmeal scotchy cookies. And so whenever he, he always, he'll, he'll text me and he's like, I need, I need a fix. Yeah. Cute.
1: What is your fix? I mean, what what is your cookie that you snack on all day? The...
2: <laughs> well, they're not legal yet.
1: Yeah, <laughs>
2: <laughs> getting there. Yeah, um, yeah, which is why my um, my 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 cookie party in Chicago is on four twenty.
1: Um, well, well, we're going to be there next year, yeah, for sure. We're putting that on the calendar. Yeah, not awesome. <laughs>
2: um, I like. I will tell you that I, and this is the greatest thing about cookies. There are so many different types of cookies, and they suit so many different types of moods. So I'll tell you, sometimes I love and I I go crazy for like a fresh snickerdoodle. Something about a snickerdoodle when they're absolutely right and they have like that, like again, it's like that crisp and that soft pillow flavor and a hint of the cinnamon and the sugar and the butter. I, they're really, really good. But you know what? I was eating a fleur de sel shortbread the other day. And I, I looked at my, my, the pastry chef at Hot Chocolate Kelsey, and I said, "Man, this cookie is so good. It's like it's got that butter. It's got like that, like texture in your mouth, and then you can taste the salt. It's so good. But you know, a chocolate chip cookie, the brownie cookie, the the um, rugala and the Kalashkis. I mean, they're. I don't know. I like them all.
1: Yeah." See, I'm a I'm a arugula fan. Are I love you? it. It's Passover. I, I eat them all the time, all year round. I never heard of a kolache. Really? What is, is that? A Chicago I don't thing? Know, maybe
2: I made it up. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> no kolachki. I, I, from what I thought, it's uh, well, obviously they're they're Eastern European. They're like a homeintation, mm-hmm. but they're like a they're the same thing, the same concept as arugula, but they're um they're crossed over like a little like a little sandwich. Yeah. A little like a little pillow or yeah. like a little uh, I don't know like a what do you call it? Like a little taco. Yeah.
1: I guess. The taco of cookies. Yeah.
2: I the taco that. of cookies. <laughs> yeah. But I, what I like about that whole chapter is that I, I make you think about it in a different way. So I teach you how to make jams and, and fillings that go into these cookies that you normally wouldn't think would go in them.
1: And I think that's the majority of this book, too. I mean, you love peanut butter, it seems. Yeah, I like peanut butter. I mean, otherwise you wouldn't have, what is it, the peanut butter brittle cookies the peanut butter yeah, that's,
2: that's bri co- yeah, I mean it's that's cool that's cool it's a really it, cool it's a really cool technique actually um, so what I did is you know everyone has a peanut butter recipe cookie a peanut butter cookie recipe and it's like it's really funny we have so many different types of peanut butter dough recipes we have the thumbprints we have like uh you know like a nutter butter we have um, this peanut butter we have like a regular peanut butter cookie we have a peanut butter cookie dough that we just make like cookie dough truffles with. Okay, amazing. Um, and uh, so what I did was I took out some of the flour and the leavening agent, so they're just like a little thinner, and then we just stick peanut brittle in it. And so when the peanut brittle bakes and it melts, it kind of like gets all over the place and crinkly, and it's just adds another texture to it, I think is really cool.
1: I love your willingness to kind of get all over the place. Yeah,
2: yeah you, I like to get dirty yeah, in there. Yeah,
1: because you look at the images, and you even hear your enthusiasm for being able to, you know, draw outside of the box. I mean, not everything has to be this perfect round chocolate chip cookie served on a silver platter. I mean, the fun is participating, doing it yourself, seeing the imperfections and saying, that's the one I want.
2: Right. And also, mistakes. The greatest things happen when you make a mistake.
1: So what's your greatest mistake that turned into?
2: Uh, Well, I have two, okay, that I think are great. Um, one is the hot fudge arugulas, um, because when I first made the hot fudge arugulas, I was um, spreading out the hot fudge and then rolling it in the in the arugula, and I you know I chilled it, and I, I didn't think that the hot fudge would like break out of the dough, and so I'm baking this full sheet pan, and I look in the oven, and all the hot fudge is like out of the dough. And so um, I was like, oh, you know, shit, I just, I totally fucked this up. So I put it on the speed rack, and I let him cool. And I was walking by, and I came back, and I was like, well, I'm going to eat one. <laughs> <laughs> so I lifted it up. And when I lifted it up, the cookie was perfect. And then it had these, like, little, like, like beautiful little butterfly wings of caramelized hot fudge. And I was like, oh.
1: It's like a two first, like a lattice cookie. They're so
2: ugly. Yeah, (laughs) and it's like, man, those are so hot.
1: What is that French term, jolie lard? Ugly beautiful. Yeah,
2: ugly beautiful. Right. Totally.
1: And what is that second mistake?
2: Um, It's actually a whipped ganache that I taught myself. I was making um, truffles, and I and the recipe was um, you melt the chocolate and then you add it, it's white chocolate and then you melt melt the chocolate and then you add cream and it was only supposed to be like three tablespoons or th- three cups of cream and instead I added three quarts by accident and I was like mm, I don't know what I'm gonna do with this so I threw in the walk-in and I'm like I'll, I'll come back to it and then I was you know like you're just you're working and all of a sudden it's like eureka <laughs> I'm gonna whip it let's see what happens when I whip it and I whipped it and it turned out to be like this beautiful rich whipped cream so we do that all the time so I, I wcg want- <laughs> that's what we call it wcg what does that stand for white chocolate ganache
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i thought it was gonna be like whip it real good no, or yeah. A Devo reference. yeah that's
2: exactly what it is <laughs> but
1: yeah. you know I, I don't want to tell people to throw out their cookie cutters because obviously they, they need those but throw out the the mentality mm. that cookies have to be Formed from a cookie cutter, that they can be any shape, size, absolutely color. The more diverse and the more uh, air-ridden, yeah, um, the better. Because you might find yourself—you never know—with with a new kind of cookie love someday.
2: Yeah, get out of. You have to, you have to get out of your comfort zone to learn. And I think that's the whole idea. I mean, the book actually really. It, I wrote the book for people that love to bake, um, or that are interested in baking. I didn't. I didn't buy it. Make the book for my peers. I I hope that they like it and they get inspired by my techniques, you know? Um, But I really wanted someone at at home to think, you know, I can actually make these cookies and I can do this for this dinner party. I can do this for this gift or I can do this. And, um, you know, I wanted to teach people to think, I wanted to teach people to think outside their bots and to get outside of their comfort zone.
1: Yeah. Or we can all just storm hot chocolate Chicago and see There you.
2: you go. Perfect.
1: Thank you so much for being on. Run out, go get a Thank copy you. of Cookie Love on the shelves right now, or stop in Hot Chocolate Chicago if you're around and say hey to Mindy and get yourself a couple cookies. There you go. And bring some back to me, yeah. too. <laughs> for sure. You can listen to the food scene on heritageradionetwork.org. I'm your host, Michael Harlander-Kell. Hoping to have you back here next Tuesday at 3. Cheers. That was great. Thank, awesome. you.
2: Thank, Thank you. Thank you so much.